Are you obsessed with your shoes? If not, then you probably don't have Rothy's. Because when you have shoes that are comfortable, washable, and come in tons of styles and colorways, obsession is basically mandatory. There's a Rothy's shoe for every occasion. Flats, sneakers, loafers, ankle boots, and more. Step up your shoes this spring with a new pair of Rothy's. For a limited time, get $20 off your first purchase when you go to rothys.com comfort. That's $20 off at rothys.com comfort. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Happy Monday. So I've got an awesome interview lined up for you today with Louise Kash. She is the name whisperer and she's the author of Word Glue. So we're talking about, again, a very nerdy episode. We're talking about the importance of naming your brand, your business, your product right and the difference that can make to your bottom line and why. Uh, Louise was such a delight to interview. Uh, had so much fun, a lot of laugh, <laughs> a lot of laughter like you'll hear in this episode. And I highly recommend checking out Louise's book. Uh, again, that's called Word Glue. I'll put all the links in the show notes if you want to find out more about Louise. Uh, and yeah, just I think so many people have this question, right? Like how do you name a brand? Like how do you name a business and why do we like certain names? So we talk about that as well. Just before we get started, if you're enjoying these podcast episodes, please jump on Twitter, share the episode that you like, share why you like it. You can use the hashtag grow your brand and you can tweet with me at Lauren Cress. 89. It's always great to hear from people who are listening to the show. If you want to go the extra mile to support the show, firstly, thank you in advance for doing that. Or if you're already supporting the show, thank you so much. You can jump on Kofi. It's ko-fi.com and then forward slash Lauren Cress to buy me a cup of coffee. Always appreciate a cup of coffee. It's what keeps this show going. <laughs> I need the caffeine guys. Uh, you can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or usually wherever you listen to it, there's a way to like give some kudos to the show. So please do that because it helps the show to chart. It's been charting again uh, in a few countries in Europe in the entrepreneurship category. So thank you to everyone who's been doing that, um, subscribing, all that kind of stuff really, really helps. All right. We're just about to get onto the main part of the episode. There might be a little quick ad break here and uh, yeah. I'll see you in a tick. Now on Mickey D's, when you buy any crispy chicken sandwich or quarter pounder with cheese, you'll get a free medium fry and free medium drink when you order on the app. So do you have the app? How are you going to get this deal if you don't have the app? I know you have a phone. Anywho, if you have the app, enjoy your free fries and drink. If you don't, you can't see me. But know that I'm shaking my head. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Limited time only. I participate in McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. G'day, everyone. Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. I am so excited. I mean, I'm always excited. You guys know I'm always excited, but I'm so excited about today's episode. <laughs> I'm speaking with Louise Kash, who is the name whisperer, who's going to tell us all about how we find the right name for our product, for our business, for what we're doing. Uh, which is actually, there's so much science behind this, which just fascinates me. So Louise, to start with, tell us a little bit about what you do, because it's extremely unique and very interesting. Well, somebody who is listening to this call is about to name their endeavor and they wanted to break out and we are now in the attention economy. So I help those people who are trying to make things better by making better things 
get breakout names in their category. So let's start off by talking about why is it so important? Like what's in a name? Like why does it matter whether I say, you know, my name is X or Y? Like isn't it just a name? I feel like that's how a lot of people might approach their their, their brand name or their business name. Well, let me ask you this question. Who's thinner, Bill or Bob? <laughs> Bill. Yeah. And, and who became a CEO, Jane or Julia? Oh, I think Jane. Yeah. So Jane is my mother. She became the CEO. Julia became a social worker. Bill is thinner than Bob. So we associate so much with names. And if you name your company that doesn't have, it doesn't have the right mouthfeel, people aren't going to feel the way you want them to feel. So what I've learned through naming over a decade is that a name can be worth millions and millions of dollars. Millions. Millions. <laughs> Just want to quickly say millions. Millions. <laughs> Just want to quickly say hello to Suzanne Chadwick, who actually my show with Suze went live um live today on the podcast. Hey Suze, thanks for saying hello. Um, I reckon you'll be really interested in what we're chatting about today. So Suze is a is a brand strategist as well. So we're getting really nerdy. We're getting really nerdy today. Um well, so look, well, let me say yeah. something to Susan. Did you say yeah. her name is Susan? So yeah. Susan probably knows the book. Um here we're gonna get like we're gonna go full on nerd here. So Susan, darling, you probably know this book. This is a classic in our field, Positioning the Battle for Your Mind. And Jack Trout and Al Reese said that naming is the best insurance that you can have for your business. So a name is a strategic decision, powerfully so. Yeah. Yeah, it's so I want to, you said millions. I feel like a lot of people when you go millions, like, oh, really? What? So why is it why is it worth so much? I know you you do this with clients, so you've seen it time and time again. Um, hello, Nielsen as well. And Sue said, yes, I'm I'm listening and ready to learn. So why is um you know, give me give me some some evidence because I feel like it's like what how how is that? How is that so? Yeah. So the reason why I wrote Word Glue is because I named and renamed businesses and I did it a couple of times and every time I did it, I would check in with them and a year later they would double their income. And I was like, okay, I think this might be important. So the first company I named was um, Dr. Colin uh, Dombrowski deals with lower leg extremity issues. So he's the guy you go to see if you need an orthotic, maybe your legs are different lengths, or you're a former figure skater and you've injured your, um, you've got a Morton's aroma, all the, whatever your thing is, you go to see a Colin. Now Colin, whose name was the TDG group, was losing market share to franchises who weren't doing a PhD, who hadn't read every piece of literature um, around the issues that he was exploring so his clients could get back to their lives. So he had a name that didn't work and was costing him money. So being a good little Canadian, um, I uh, were one of the most overeducated uh, nations in the world, lots of graduate degrees, lots of um, university degrees in my country, which I'm really proud of. Uh, I researched his company. I found out what doctors, his primary referral source was, what they thought of his existing name, and they didn't like it. And so I gave Colin the evidence. And then I did a mind map, which I encourage my clients to do. All the different words that are associated with his brand. I had a party with his friends, his future wife, and who actually named his business. And I gave them a mind map with all the key words. And she was the one who went, it was one of the mind maps that said soul, as in the sole of your foot, soul, as in the only one, the only one with a PhD in this area, and science, because he's a science nerd. 
slammed those together, soul science, can't even say that, soul science. <laughs> and he, he increases his revenue by 130% in 18 months. Wow. That's so, huge. yeah, and that happened over and over again. So, yes, it matters a lot, especially when you rename it. Now, folks who are watching this, I'm sorry about the lighting. I am backlit today because the sun is streaming in in Melbourne. So um, apologies for my in the dark, in the light, in the dark. In the light. <laughs> oh, I'm in the light. I'll stay here. Curious. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I just have so many questions now coming to me because I'm like, this is such a game changer. And yeah, actually, you know, when we, we were talking about this before the show. I was thinking about my name because you and I had a chat and you were talking about sounds and I was like, oh, I call myself Lauren Cress, the business scientist. And I was like, oh, there's all these S's in there. I'm like, I never realized that before. But for me, I actually saw this happen in my businesses. Well, I mean, I'm scared to ask you whether it's a good name or not. <laughs> but what I saw happen was I went from, I used to call my company Pacific Content and I actually focused on my personal brand. And then I brought the business scientist in. And as soon as I did that, heaps of PR opportunities, like almost yeah. immediately. I could get on a show every two weeks, not just podcasts like mainstream media, just from changing my name. So yeah. I've, I've seen it happen as well. So there's seven different kinds of names and that's how much of a word nerd, my, word nerd I am that I looked at the seven different kinds of brand names that exist in the world and the 38 different methods behind all the names that work. So wow. your what you do with your name is what I call doodle. So Coca-Cola is a doodle method. It's alliteration swatch. They switched that first, you know, they added the letter S for second watch, swatch. Um, so you're when you do use alliteration, we love alliteration. Kids love rhyming. There's just something about that that's comforting, and you're using that method with your name. Also, what you did is you looked at your category, and that's what a brand needs to do if they want to break out. And you thought, there's a ton of people talking about branding, but is anybody taking the axis of branding and science. And so you took that access and now you're a category of one, which is exactly what you want. Yeah. Well, tell us about the other different types of names that are out there. So we've covered alliteration. What, what other types of names are there? So I will say Delight, and I helped these guys win the Australian Market Marketing Institute Award for Best New Brand in Victoria. And um, Oh, lovely. Oh, wait. So we're just getting the camera right. Ladies who shoot their lunch. Um, they cool. they also won the best Shiraz in the country. So when I first came to this country, I was like, I, I was listening, I was under my duna in a Melbourne winter, freezing, never been colder. And I'm Canadian, I've been to the Arctic, never been colder than in Melbourne. So I was <laughs> under my duna, like, do I have to get out of bed? And I hear on the ABC, ladies who uh, shoot their lunch has just won the best Shiraz in Australia. I'm like, A, what? And B, oh my gosh, what an amazing name. So they are a delight method. So one of the 70s is delight. They delight you. Ladies Shoot Their Lunch is an unexpected name. And when you can be unexpected and you can make people laugh with delight, like that fires all the right neurons that you want. So that's two of the methods. Do you want more or do you want to go down the path of neurons? Like where do you want to go, girl? Well, the first thing I was going to say is, so Suzanne also said, yes, couldn't agree more, name positioning, so important. And interestingly, Suze and I were also talking about delight and um, we were talking about Marty Neumeyer and how he talks about, you know, how we buy into identity, we buy into transformation. Yes. Said that delight piece, that's that's where my, my, my brain went. 
Oh, Marty's book is just behind me. So um, oh, over there, there. <laughs> <laughs> camera. So look, let's talk about to the person right now who's listening to this and is about to name something. What you often do is you generate a bunch of names. You probably don't generate enough because you need, like, when I named a tech company, um, I generated almost 2000 names to find a name that I could trademark in five countries. So naming is a volume game. Mm -hmm. And if you've got a team, because I just had another tech company go through this, if you've got a team, they could say, I don't like that name that maybe the CEO came up with, which is what happened. I don't like that name. And here's all the reasons why I don't like it. That's filtering based on like and dislike, which is the front part of the brain, right? The neocortex, the new brain. That's not the part of the brain that sees a brand for the first time. So first you wanna pull focus, like with the ladies who shoot their lunch, then it's gonna, you're gonna feel something. That's another part of the brain, but the focus is largely unconscious. The feeling becomes a bit more conscious. And then we start to filter and go, why did that capture my attention? So when people are naming, don't start by filtering things out. Start by, is this going to pull focus? Which means that you have to name something bravely in your category. Yeah. And this, I mean, 2000, I mean, this is why you are the name whisperer. There's no way I could come up with 2000 names. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have like a process? Do you have like, oh, yeah. you when you're, you're sort of expanding, can you share a little bit about what that, what that looks like for you? Sure, I'll give away all my secrets now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us all of them. You can share whatever you want, Louise. <laughs> no, well, okay. generating, generating uh, I think I generated 1,200 before I found that. Now, look, sometimes I don't need to generate 1,200. Like when I, oh gosh, girl, here. So when I generated this belly up, mm. oh, sorry, camera moment, folks. Um, belly up is a probiotic kombucha. And they pulled me in, James Manifest uh, pulled me in because they wanted to get this good company. Um, Henry Blooms is one of the first sort of health companies. Oh, sorry, camera, health companies in Australia. And um, Phytologic and um, Henry Blooms is part of it. Anyway, they couldn't get into the Coles. They couldn't get into the Caltex with, their, with the name they had. So belly up, just, oh, sorry, belly up made me laugh. Yeah. You know, right. and, and it's boosting butt health. Butt health. It's, it's boosting gut health. Apparently, my bum likes it too. Well, what what goes in comes out. Anyway, I mean it's it's part of the whole system, right? It's part the of whole system. Gut system. The process that I use, I have what's called a Q12 process, and it is in my book. And I always wonder if I should have not put it in the book, but my Q12 process is in the book because I look at what's the story, what are the standards, the values that matter to them, what's the segment, the niche that they're serving, what's the shift, what changes when people use this product and so your belly gets better, right? You up your belly microbiome. So it was like, oh, belly up. So that didn't take me 1200 names, but my process, and that's just part of it. Uh, that's just a couple of the Q12 questions. I go through that process. I train teams. So I'm about to work with an international dairy company right now. I just worked with um, uh, Dr. Christopher Mackey out of Princeton who runs his own company now as an educator and his his educational tools are used on every news television station and every school and even in Na with NASA in outer space. So I just helped him rename a project. I can talk about that too. So yeah, I've got a process that works, which I love. I love that makes me happy. Amazing. No, I think that's awesome. And like, I mean, I want to ask, because I know you're in the process of writing another book at the moment, right? I and am. You sound like a very busy lady. <laughs> well, 
lockdown is very good for writing books. So, you know, if you want to be doing 100 sit-ups a day and get to 1,000, this is the time. <laughs> if you want to write a book, this is the time. So you, in this book, tell us a little bit, I mean, you've told me that a bit of a backstory. Tell us a little bit about what you're working on because I'd really like to ask you about that as well. Well, I will, but let's go back to the entrepreneur just for a second. So for the right. entrepreneur, no, no, it's, it's all good. I just want to make sure that we're serving them completely. What I want to say is please remember, generate a lot of names and decide based on what pulls focus. Look at everybody in your category, what I call the sisters and brothers, and be like Apple. Apple was competing against international business machines. Apple could not be be more disruptive, that's another style of naming, than uh, HP and IBM. So feel free to be brave. Your People around you might be like, don't call it that. You can say, Louise said that I had to be brave. And you'll test it and you'll find out if the trademark's available and if you've got all that, good to go. And I can tell you another story about where I had to hold a CEO's hand so they got the right name. So I can do that. But the new book, you want me to go there? You want me to go with the CEO whose <laughs> hand I held? Well, actually, the first thing I was going to do, because this is a live stream and I want to make sure the people watching know I can see them. So I'm sorry. It says LinkedIn user. It doesn't say your name, but it, um, the person who wrote it said, interesting, didn't know we had so many options to name a business. And that's what wowed me as well. Like, it, I'm sort of like, well, is it this or this? I've got these two two ideas. <laughs> So yeah, I I, complete, I completely agree. Well, tell us the story about the CEO, and then I'll ask you. I I'm I'm getting excited about the the stuff you're working on, but tell us about this this story first. So there's this woman by the name of Rebecca Kristen out of Canada, Vancouver, and she is this beautiful person. And I love it when my clients get married. So the two people working on this project, they got married. So it's kind of like a happy ever ending, oh, a happy ever after story. So two beautiful people who were developing a software app uh, application program for youth who can't figure out what to do next in their career, right? Especially now, young people are feeling quite like, what, what, where, 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 where's my job? Like, what happened to my career? So they were gonna call it a whole bunch of things. And um, Rebecca and the team had my book. They, they, got, they got the team pack and everybody was working through the book. And she got so excited. She's like, Louise, I found the name. I'm like, Rebecca, fantastic, tell me. Be humble, be humble, be humble. So Lauren, when you think of a humble, what do you think? I think of it feeling that is, that is not, doesn't exist. I don't like it. Yeah. I, I really don't, sorry, like to, to yeah, Rebecca. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, does it matter that I don't like it? But from a feeling sense, yeah. it makes me it feel doesn't, right. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't yeah. feel right. So what she was doing is she was using um, the dialogue method. Microsoft is a dialogue method where she created a portmanteau. So a portmanteau, you take a bit of one word and add it to another word like Microsoft. So like, yay, good for you using one of the methods. But but cumble makes you feel like you're falling. Be cumble. It it the soundscape is wrong. Now there are researchers that actually look at what sounds, uh, what we associate with certain sounds. We can word nerd that way in a second. But for Rebecca, I was like, Rebecca, you lift people up, and the cumble takes people down. You don't want that sound. She's like, okay. Um, and I can't remember because this is a little while ago. This is December. Um, I can't remember the exact process, but what we came up with was Inkly, I-N-Q-L-I, because Inkly, Inkly, it comes up. 
It's also four words. It was available as a .com, which is amazing. Available as a trademark, which is fantastic because you want to trademark it in the nations you want to serve right away. And it, it went, and she had a group of 300 youth that she could test it with. She said, when you see this word, what comes to mind? Not do you like it? Not we don't we don't care about judgment. What comes to mind? And they're writing things like reminds me of Nemo. You inked me. So and what they did then is they could use these drawings, these beautiful drawings on their website. So that sense of ink and inquiry, um, they could totally bring it to life in a beautiful way. It feels right. And it gives them a story they can tell. Yeah, I love that. Um, oh, the person who did a shout out was Ricardo Guterres. Hey, Ricardo. And Chris said, Chris told us who it was. So cheers, Chris. Thanks for cheating in and saying hello as well. Um, I want to ask you soundscape. What a word. Like I had not even thought of sound. I know seascape, you know, and like you got one out there. <laughs> Seas over there, lands over here, landscape soundscape tell us what what soundscape about yeah okay so i have to move my screen a tiny bit just so i can make sure that i get the um, researchers names right so hang on i'm going to be looking to the side of uh, folks who are watching so um eric yorkston and gita menon they're two business researchers and they wrote in the journal of consumer research about the phonetic effects of brand names on consumer judgments and they were talking about the sound hierarchy so there is a sound hierarchy. If you want to sound big, then you're gonna have a big sounding name. Like say the word Google. Google. What does it do to your mouth? Well, I, I mean, it feels kind of nice in my mouth, but it's like goo, so that yeah. goo. Yeah, and then? Goo, yeah. I mean, it feels good. It feels good. Is, I mean, is that the right answer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, A plus. So what it does is Google goo, the goo you have to open your mouth. And so a word like a bit or bat is small in the mouth. So try just saying bit and bat. And pe people are listening, say bit and bat. Bit, bat. Right, they're yeah. small and they're front of the mouth. So if you want to sound intimate, you might call yourself la room. If you want to sound big, you might call yourself boom room. So we, it turns out that the sound hierarchy is across, sorry, I'm just moving my, um, this document so I'm not looking at it and you. Um, it turns out that when we, well, that, that sound hierarchy exists around the world. Mm. So audiophones, how a word sounds, like snap, sounds like what it is. You know, people also call that onomatopoeia, but I don't want to go too word nerdy girl, but there, is, there are people who research what we, what we associate with sounds and with letters. That's fascinating. That's so interesting. I mean, it actually made me think of because actually a few weeks ago we did some slam poetry on the show, and like I'm a I'm a fan of of slam poetry. I've done a little bit of of performance, like spoken word, and I've always been really interested in the sound. But it's always been an art thing for me. It hasn't been a science thing. So it's been like, why why is it when you read this type of because I'm always like you have to read a poem out loud. It doesn't exist until you read it out loud because you've got That's to hear right. it. It's, yeah, it's I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a poet too, my darling. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a controversial thing. Some poets don't like that. Like, no, you can write a poet down. I'm like, you need to speak it. Like, it. there's a feeling that you have when you read a poem out loud. That's how I wrote my book. I wrote a lot of my book out loud. I went from speech to text. So, um, yes, there's something like we come from an oral tradition. I am standing on the land of the, of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Yeah, we know that folks have lived in this country for up to 100,000 years. There are song lines. People have been telling stories 
oral tradition for like, you know, 100,000 years longer than the pyramids existed. So yes. Yay. And and I worked for Seth Godin, as I think you know. And what he would say is, if something doesn't exist until you ship it. So, you know, you have to get your work out there. Yeah, totally, totally. All right. So let's move on to what you're working on now, because I, yeah. I really want to get that into this discussion because it sounds awesome. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about it, Louise. So my next book is on taglines, because if you're Google and you're worth a trillion dollars, you don't need a tagline. But if you're a little guy or gal or however you identify, then you might have a name like Inkly, which when at first glance you're like, well, that sounds fun, but what is it? Then you need a tagline to carry or begin the story. And so I've been analyzing taglines. I've been writing every day on this book for 95 days in a row. And because uh, what else are you going to do in lockdown? Hello. And what I've discovered is that taglines aren't what you think. So taglines create tension. When you see uh, open happiness, Coca-Cola is so good at taglines. When you see open happiness or better together, Coca-Cola is creating tension because we have more depression than ever, open happiness. I want to close the gap between how I feel and that product. Ultimate driving machine. Do I have an ultimate driving machine? That tagline just created a problem. I don't have an ultimate driving machine. I only have my bicycle out front. But yeah. if I'm a dentist or I'm a lawyer and I've, I, I believe in excellence, then I, I want that car. So taglines create tension because they speak to status in some way. They're trying to invite us to change our status. And they do that by creating a story gap that we fill in ourselves. So you see a tagline and before you're even realizing it, you're starting to populate the story. Mm, interesting. Mm. So do you see that as, I'm going to go a little bit off topic just because this is what interests me. Do you see taglines as, and hooks as different things? Is a hook doing the same, playing the same kind of role as like a a tagline? Like how would you just define, just because they they do get thrown around both of those quite a bit. Yeah. So I'm actually interested in what's called a brand line. So let me explain with this. So again, we'll go, sorry, folks, we'll try and get this camera right. Um, so ladies who shoot their lunch has a killer, no pun intended. This is not the vegan section of the podcast. And thank you, vegans, for helping our world. Um, the tagline is, oh, sorry, darling. Uh, right. Are you game? Now, are you game is not just a tagline. It's a brand line. So these guys, uh, Matt Fowles and his family, sorry, when they named Ladies Who Shoot Their Lunch, everyone was like, don't call it that, don't call it that, don't call it that. Such a good wine. In the UK, they're like, great, we love your wine, but you need to take the dead stag off the back of your bottle. They're like, uh, no. Because they created, so I mean, Matt was a former lawyer. He, he left law because it didn't align with his values. He would go in the Strathbogie Ranges and get rabbits for dinner because he would, you know, take down an Australian pest, serve his food, chemical-free, hormone-free, antibiotic-free food to his family. So yeah. they've got a very particular value, very particular way of being in the world, and they were they stuck to their guns. And that are you game? Every time they make a decision, they would ask themselves, like Nike does with Just Do It. They have a brand line that defines who they are. Just like FedEx, when it absolutely positively has to get there overnight, 
Their yeah. tagline acts as a brand line. It's a compass. It's a North Star. It is more than just words. It is a power phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I love yeah. that. that. That tagline is really good. Like, oh, game. That is. Oh, I, that I told is- Matt. So, I mean, I helped, I helped write their um, application for when they won the um, AMI. And I, I mean, I raved about that tagline because it was so good. Like, it was yeah. so good. Yeah, and then it became a sub, and that tagline became a uh, secondary brand. So they've also got a wine now called Are You Game. Love it. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to Paul Harrison who said this is a fascinating discussion. Absolutely love it, ladies. Thanks, Paul. Really appreciate you saying hello as well. I love all the comments coming in. It always makes me feel like people are listening, you know, because you can put this stuff out there and then you're like, you know, the, having the conversation to me is so. Um, so, so valuable. So thanks everyone for your comments and we will be finishing up in about five minutes. So if you have any like final questions for Louise, um, do pop them in now. Yeah. Cause if- ask me, cause I'm expensive <laughs> and right now I'm free. <laughs> so if you've got a question, ask me. 30 minutes with Louise. No, I love it. So, um, all right. So let's go back to the problem we started with someone sitting here going, great. Okay, cool. Like I'm I'm an entrepreneur. I'm starting out. I don't like my name. I don't even really know why this name doesn't feel right to me. I want to keep getting away from I don't like it because that's not right, right? It's like it doesn't feel right. It doesn't yeah. feel like it's 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 right. Where do they kind of start? What would be your advice to them to to start to work out what they need to do do yeah. next? Well, they need the Q12. So they do need to, there's a process that works. And so I'd recommend that they get the book. And I'm not saying that out of ego. I didn't write the book to sell massive amount of books. I wrote the book because there are some people starting businesses and they can't afford a naming agency. So if they get the methods, they can they can go through the process. One of the questions that's really helpful. So when I worked with the tech team, most recently, they did this amazing thing. Everybody on the team, I told them to do what's called scrapbooking. So get all the images that represent how you want people to feel when they encounter your brand. And so the whole team did that. And um, Marcus pulled all those images in one PowerPoint deck and we went through them together because we were trying to get a sense of what is at the essence or the heart of the brand. And sometimes it's the image that will make you go, ah, that's what I want. I want it to feel like this. I want it to feel like, in their case, they're a, a crisis management um, platform, and they wanted people to feel calm, that they have perspective. So when they kept seeing these different images, they were like, oh, okay, that's what we're about. They didn't really realize that the perspective piece, they didn't realize that they gave people calm. They wouldn't have seen that if they hadn't done a scrapbook process of images. Mm, yeah, that's a really, really great um, really great piece of advice. Just start with that kind of like images are so powerful, aren't they? For us to actually, because I think that one of the things that I struggle with, with words, like I produce most of my content like this conversation content. I think it's quite hard to work out what to, um, Oh, I'm getting a bit of an echo there. Sorry. Um, what I'm saying, if, I have to write it down. It's like there's an extra step of a- analysis that I need to, to do there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, are there other questions that people are asking? Yes. So Paul said, can we hear about the reason why you should or shouldn't name your business after yourself? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And you've yeah. got one more after that. So let's, let's okay. go. Well, this is really key. So two other researchers who, uh, well, I don't know what you think the number one university is, but MIT ranks top of the board often. And um, Jorge, um, oh gosh, 
Jorge Guzman and Scott Stern looked at why startups fail or succeed, and they looked at all the trademarks for profit from 2001 to 2011 and all the coverage from Thomson Reuters because they were trying to figure out why do they succeed? That's actually a very complex question. And the article is in Science, if you want to nerd out and go look for it. Um, volume 347, I think, but I don't have it in front of me. Wow, good memory. Well, I'm not sure. I could be wrong. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, what they discovered is that companies named after the founder, what's called eponymous names, had a 70% fail rate. Well, didn't fail. They grew less less quickly. Let me let me say that clearly. They grew a lot less quickly. So now if you're Tommy Tommy Hilfiger and you can afford to hire ad agency genius George Lois, then you can spend money and you can become, you know, fancy pants famous. But if it's just you, you and you're using your name, that can be problematic. Now, Lauren, you built a personal brand. So you're using your name, but you've got a tagline as the business scientist. So that works for you. The other thing they discovered is shorter brands, one to three words, had a, now let me, let me just pull this up so I'm absolutely getting the stat right. Hang on one second. Yeah, short names, one to three words, were 50% uh, more likely to succeed. And here's what I love because I always tell my clients this, trademarked names were five times more likely to grow. Now, this is not causal. It's not like trademark and the dollars got running in. But clearly, <laughs> I know, I'm going to trademark whatever. Um, but you might want to trademark the business scientist if you haven't yet, have you? Uh -huh. <gasps> You're my hero. Registered so, trademark, already been around for a year. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Okay. So um, you might have a personal brand like Matt Church is a speaker. He's got a personal brand, but he also have his thought leader business school, and that's another brand. So for some of us who are experts, you'll have both a personal and a business brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, Paul Harrison said, Louise, oh my God, volume 347. <laughs> I know, I was, pretty, I was pretty amazed at that too. <laughs> well, I could be wrong though. Like, <laughs> I just, I'd have to look it up, but it's here somewhere if you want me to look it up. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I can always go and find it and put it up yeah. later. But we do need to wrap up in a second. Now, tell us, how can we find out more about one, your, your book that's already out, Wordglue, and then your new book that's coming out as well? So go to wordglue.co and that's where you'll find me. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Louise Karsh, K-A-R-C-H, like the month of March, but with a K. And um, yeah, I'm dying to know what this <laughs> volume number is of that article. But anyway, um, yeah, so you can find me that way. I'm, I know I should be on all the other platforms, but look, I, 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 I have a beautiful life. I, I've, I've, been a coach for seven uh, entrepreneurs from 70 different countries um, through my work with Seth Godin. And, um, you know, I do naming and I do community development. And we just launched a little library out front. So, you know, um, I'm not on all the platforms that I probably should be on because, hey, uh, who's got time? But I am on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's the best one anyway. Well, in terms of what I do. So Paul and Susan and all of you who came today, uh, you can connect with me there. And wordglue.co is where you can find the book. Awesome. Louise, thank you. So this has been such a fascinating chat. Absolute pleasure to speak with you. Um, and I'm sure we'll speak again. I'd love to get you back on the show once you launch your, your next book and have another okay. chat. Okay. Well, look at the goal is that my, oh my gosh, I'm going to say this out loud. Maybe I shouldn't say it out loud. Anyway, my manuscript is going to be done soon and um, we're going to launch uh, end of December. Very exciting. Well, good luck with writing the rest of the book. Stay safe in Melbourne. And um, thank, you. thank you everyone for your questions as well. Bye, everybody. Bye.
Okay, so how good was that? How awesome is Louise? I just, I had so much fun in this interview. I learned so much. Like I said, highly recommend checking out Word Glue. I have a copy myself. I've been going through the activities. It is awesome. So definitely check that out. Just go to the show notes to get the details for how you can order your copy. And I'll see you back on Wednesday for another interview episode. We're talking about storytelling for social impact with Dylan Hall, who is a new friend of mine over in the States. Fantastic episode. If you're interested in how to turn brand values, how to formulate brand values, and then how to turn them into actual impact in your organization. Uh, We specifically talk about for-purpose and non-profit businesses, but something that I think every business can take away lessons from. So I'll talk to you guys then. Until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. Now at Mickey D's, when you buy any crispy chicken sandwich or quarter pounder with cheese, you'll get a free medium fry and free medium drink when you order on the app. So do you have the app? How are you going to get this deal if you don't have the app? I know you have a phone. Anywho, if you have the app, enjoy your free fries and drink. If you don't, you can't see me, but know that I'm shaking my head. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Limited time only. I participate in McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required.